is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com. That was the lovely vocals of Mr. TJ James. The name of that tune was called Faith. That is from his new release, No Apologies. And a guy that has no apologies at all about anything is the one and the only Mr. Tim TJ James. TJ, how are you, man? Not too bad, Chris. How are you? I am awesome as awesome as we can be being locked in our in our little homes here are, are you guys feeling that over there in australia as well uh yes and it probably is going to be like this for the next six months so no <laughs> geeks for me six months <laughs> they're saying that we can go back to work by the end of april here but yeah. <laughs> who, who knows yeah. who knows but <laughs> well you know things can change in a day mm-hmm. so well Two months, six months, whatever. You know, it, it gives us time to listen to a shit ton of music. And that is where you come in, sir, because one of the things people can listen to right now is your new release, No Apologies, which is available pretty much everywhere. It's on everywhere. YouTube and yeah. Spotify and Google Play and everywhere, man. So, everywhere. you know, you, you've gotten the worldwide release. Yes, thank you, Distro Kid. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Well, Tim, let's no. talk about this for a minute, man. If if my memory serves me right, you, your last release, your full length album, Another World, was what twelve years ago? No, there was not. There was another. Um, an, another World was the third okay. um, release that I had. There was another. That was uh, 07 Okay. Then um, I started an album in. 2010 and it was supposed to come out in 2010 but we had some family health issues and we moved and all that kind of stuff so i left canberra where i was living to move to sydney and um that album didn't come out till 2012 and then i spent the next five years or so um really because the whole industry as you know was completely changing Mm -hmm. and um it was actually, if I'm honest, it was actually a conversation with you that I was having uh, shortly after the release of Another World, I think. No, sorry, all the pieces fit. I get confused. Um, and I told you how much that record cost me. Right. And you said, you said to me, you know, because it used to cost me about eight grand to do an album, and, and, you, and you said, and you know, sell 500 copies to get your money back and then make another album and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But you said to me, dude, you got to find a cheaper way of doing this. This is all changing. And so um, basically from 2015, I started um, going to the Australian Institute of Music and learning production and learning. Um, you know, recording engineering and all that type of stuff, which I'm still doing. Sure. But I've, you know, got a, you know, a small little, and I'm, and I mean, very small little, you know, studio in my in my bedroom with, you know, mics and everything that I could possibly want to do, everything, all the gear that I could possibly want to do, the things I need to do apart from live drums. But the, the reality is now that the samples of drums are so good, it's ridiculous. Right. And um, so I basically, because I was trying to figure out how I was going to survive in the new model of doing things, so I basically had to go and you know, relearn everything because if I'd, if I'd stuck to the way I was going, I, I wouldn't have survived. 
Sure. And now I'm very excited about where the industry is going. And, you know, it cost me very little money to record. And I can record whenever I want to and release whatever I want to. And it's, um, you know, it doesn't take me, you know, three years to break even on an album anymore. Sure. Does, it, does that lead you, though, to the double-edged sword that a lot of musicians have of never being satisfied with what you what you're doing because you have... You know, you can record something and today you think, you know, let me back up a little bit. I know enough musicians to know that not there's not a single one of you on this planet that ever records a song and says, yep, that's perfect. I'm done. You know, you guys all record a song, you write a song, you love it today. And then tomorrow it's, well, let me add a little tweak here. Well, let me change the reverb here. Let me add some guitar here. It's a never ending process. When you work on something at home like this, does it? does it lend you to spend even more time developing the songs because you have more time to think about it and less expense to change it? Not well. Um, the only album that that's look, everything I look at from what I've done from all the way from able bodied to two from 2001 right up to now is have I done the very best that I could do at the time? Mm-hmm. And as long as I can look myself in the in the mirror and say, this is the best I can do right now, and I've I've spent long enough on the songs, then, you know, I mean, like, for example, with Able Bodied, which was the first EP that I ever did, there, there are some songs, there are some vocals on that EP where I know I'm a bit flat. Like, I know. I know that I am. Sure. But... I remember, I remember at the time with the with the engineer that I was working with, the producer that I was working with. You know, we'd been working on this for a long time, and and um, I was, you know, getting my first vocal lessons back then. And he said, "Well, I don't think you can do better than this." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know, because he'd been working with me for a long time. It was a guy I knew very well." And I said, "Well, let me try." And he was right; I couldn't. Right, mm-hmm. but the point is, I'm still very proud of that record to this day because it was the best I could do. And I have to say, with all the releases that I've done with the Able Bodied and the self titled album in 2003 and Another World in 2007, um, I'm very proud of all of those records. Yeah, they're not perfect, they're not perfect, but I think the songs are really good, and I think, um, you know. I think it was the absolute best I could I could do at the time, and the guys the guys played their you know, balls out on those on those records, the musicians that I was using. So I have no reason not to be proud of them. The one the one um, release from my catalog that I'm not so convinced on was the All the Pieces Fit album, which we did because um, I was going. There was so much. Uh, turmoil going on within my family and um that record took such a long time like took two and a half years where it should have been out in 2011 in a perfect world uh, 2010 in a perfect world and i just think and i don't think it was the the guy that i was working with's fault i just think that at the end of the day subconsciously we were just like get this out right you know and and i the thing about um 
uh, No Apologies, I think, and the, and the two singles that preceded that um, were, um, it's got, it's got um, a vitality to it okay. that the last record didn't have. I don't like the way the last record sounds sonically. Um, and again, it was nobody's fault, but it's just that album doesn't have the energy of the first three records to me, whereas this does. It's got a lot of punch and it's um, very bright sounding. Sure. And I like the songs. You sure. Know? So I'm very I'm I'm not a I'm not a perfectionist because you know at the end of the day I just want drums, bass, keyboards, you know, guitars, vocals, harmonies. You know, I mean, I play rock and roll. This is what I do, and that stuff doesn't need to be overproduced. Sure. But at the same time, with no apologies, you have a much, much cleaner production than, than you def than you had previously. It's probably the cleanest thing that you have, you know, sounding wise, don't you think? Yes. And I, I, I see that. And uh, that's probably true. And I heard something that Neely was saying to you on the show was that, um, everything sounded a little bit stiff and he's, He's probably right about that, but that's only because, again, where I'm at right now, this is a growth process. I'm just learning about production. I'm learning about these sure. things. But the thing is I'm learning it properly at a proper school. I don't want to be like a hack with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I do I do have um, a lot of areas to grow um, and learn within that. I mean, one of the things that I'm going to do next time is – Instead of just having like a stereo drum track, I'm gonna um, put all the drums out like as a multi-track and mix mix each each drum as an individual track. I know this might be getting boring for people that don't record, <laughs> but but um, you know these are these are things that that I'm learning. So sure. I'm I'm very I'm very proud of um, no apologies for where I am now. And the other thing I'm really pleased about with this record is none of the songs are too long, like. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into writing shorter songs, right? Um, because I, you know, I just want to kind of hit it and quit it. You know, I want, I want, you know, you look at you look at all the bands that wrote all the great songs. You know, the Beatles and all these types of bands. They had songs that were like three minutes long, and I'm, I want to be the don't bore us, get to the chorus guy. Right. You know? Sure. Well, you know, I, I want to go back to the production for a minute because. There, there are, there are songs on the record that do feel a little tight, but then there's other, there's other songs. I'll I'll point to the rain at Christmas song as an example that has a real warm feeling to it. That does not feel stiff or tight or whatever at all. That feels very comfortable. It's almost, it's almost like, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you recorded that one before some of these other ones, you know, is it, is it, does the song itself influence how you produce the songs yes um well i should say that the the two previous singles that i released last year um so easy and rain at christmas have both been um completely remixed for the ep and and yeah i think i think there there is a there is a warmth to to those songs and and yes it does it does depending on the song it does affect how you produce it. I mean, obviously, you know. Sure. Now, now yeah. 
Now, now, Tim, let's let's talk about you know you uh, you with with your career. I mean, you you obviously have been playing around Australia for years and years at this point, and mm-hmm. it's not real likely that you're going to become the next ACDC. You know, and that's not necessarily a slam. That's just reality. Is you know, mm. there's there's just it just doesn't happen for many people. But you still seem to have as much passion as as even when I met you. You know, toward music. So what is it for you? How do you balance the passion to make music versus doing it professionally? Is it, is it something that one has to feed the other or, or could you just make music if, if you were just playing in your, in your garage or, or how does that work for you? Look, if it, if it, if it wasn't, see that this is the thing, right? I, I completely agree with you that I will probably never be the, um, you know, a, a superstar. <laughs> I mean, let's right. let's let's be realistic. But some of my songs might, you know, some of my songs. If I can, if I can write songs for other people, you know, I think I can write songs. I know I can write songs. Sure, you know, and and whether whether I'm singing them or not, I mean, I I'll, I'll be happy. Look. At the end of the day, what's most important to me is songwriting. Okay. More, more, more so than being a celebrity or a or a pop star or anything. Um, I will continue to do what I do in relation to because we haven't gotten to this yet. But as you know, I donate twenty to thirty percent from every album stream download that I that I sell to uh, cerebral palsy organizations around the world and that will continue but and you know that's that's a that's a cool thing and it's something that I I really believe in but I also you know because it's something I was born with but I also believe it, it in some senses it's a bit of a media angle and I you know I want to raise as much money and as much awareness as we possibly can. But in the process of doing that, really what I want to be doing in terms of my future like career is, 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 is being a songwriter for other people and getting into production and getting into film scoring and getting into all, the, all these other areas, which, which going to the Australian Institute of Music are going to allow me to do. Um, you know, and from, from that side of the industry, you know, I don't have to be pretty. I don't have to have the have the you know uh, the latest, coolest looking video clip on on MTV. Not that MTV plays music videos anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's. But I I think I think I have a lot of skill as a songwriter for for other people to sing my material, and I can write stuff that's not just rock. I can write. Ballads. I can write country. I can write pop. I can. I mean, the, the, where I'm where I'm blessed is that I'm a songwriter and I'm prolific. But that doesn't mean that everything I write is gold. Right. Sure. But I can I can write all the time, every day, all the time. Sure. And that's just a gift. And and you know, I've I've been told by several industry people that um, I really do have something there. But it's just it's just a matter now of getting um, my stuff in front of the right people to hear, um, you know. And it's it all comes down to production too. I mean, you can have a song 
that is a rock song, but if it's a good song, it'll work as a country song. If it's a good sure. song, it'll work as a dance song. It'll just work, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think my future is. Sure. Now, is with with that said, you know, you do write from your own personal past, which will, you know, the song like The Ones comes immediately to yeah. mind with that. You know, would that be weird for you to hear... I don't know, Lizzo or somebody singing that song in her style. No. No? <laughs> why not? I mean, you know. Because it's your past. That's why not. Because it's something that's that's distinctly personal to you, I guess. Well, that, you see, I mean, they, they might not, if I, if I was writing for somebody else, um, they might not even pick any of those songs. You know, mm-hmm. they might they might want me to write something completely different, which I can do. I'm very flexible in in that area. Um, if if they want to use TJ James songs, great. If they if they don't, then I think um, you know I don't think I'm delusional when I say I think my catalogue in terms of songwriting speaks for itself, and um, I think that. Um, it, it it at least shows that I'm capable of writing hooks, sure. Which 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 um, I think I can translate to kind of any genre, sure. You know, yeah, and and you know what that shows for anybody that knows you a little bit as you know as I do because your personal what what I think you listen to personally most of the time I'm not saying all the time, but what you listen to is far different from the music that you create. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, look, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love Motley Crue and I love Van Halen and I love all those bands, but I can't sing like that. I can't play like that because I'm a keyboard player. Sure. You know, uh, but I, but I do, I do think, I do think you can hear um, elements of that in my music. I mean, you know. It's loud guitars, loud bass, loud drums, you know, unless unless it's a ballad. But, you know, there's there's definitely I I definitely talk I mean my my dream is to be, you know, somebody as good as Desmond Child. Sure. You know? I mean, who says that you can't and whether five million people hear it or five people hear it, who says that you can't write a song as good as Bad Out of Hell? Who says that all of those songs have already been written? So there's no point. I, I I don't agree with that at all. Right. Well, and and you're right because there was a time before that song was written when people didn't think that they could write. You know, the next song that became Bad Out of Hell. You know, I mean, there's it, it's 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 always cyclical, and it, it seems like there's always new music that comes along, and you're like, damn, where did that idea come from? And mm. you know, and it takes guys like you that are prolific at writing songs that, that write them all the time to find that, you know, it's, it, it's such a weird industry because for every major hit there is, there's probably 10 songs that are better than it that just don't get used ever that never get pulled out of a vault. You know, it's such a, such a strange industry where most of the creative, the creativity is left on the cutting room floor, never to be heard. I think I think if it wasn't for songwriting, I think I'd just quit and go and do something else. Yeah, I really. Do. Songwriting is the only thing that I mean. You know, I've I've done 
27 years of playing around the country and playing in covers bands and all that stuff, which is which is all good because, you know, my family needs money and, and all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, really, it's it's – it's not really a lot of fun, <laughs> you know. It's, it's it's paying the bills, which you, you need to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it was just that, and I didn't have I didn't have the creative aspect to it, I would probably have gone off and run a business and done something else completely different. Sure, and and you know what? I've heard that from so many people that are that do that. You know, my my friend John, who you're aware of from the show, you know, he. John's- I love John. Yeah, John's great. But he he's in a cover band and he used to he used to be in uh, you know, a an original band, two original bands that were very successful here locally. Like would every time they played would draw seven, eight hundred people every time they would mm. play. And mm. is he great at doing covers? He's absolutely is. And and his band now will do, you know, a couple times a year will do twelve, fifteen hundred people a year. You're at a show to um you know just to see him sing in the outfield and whatnot but but he'll tell me off the record how how it's just a gig and that's you know that's almost a sad part is that in order to be in the industry if you if you don't have legacy you have to you have to do something that's maybe not as appealing as what you'd rather be doing yeah well see and I'm I'm finally I'm finally getting to a position in my life where, you know, after so many years of I mean I, you know I, I used to play on street corners for for seventeen years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and it was tough, you know, but I did it because I believed in it and I still believe in it. Sure. Um, sure. But I'm finally getting to a position now. Where you know, I mean, there there are people at the Australian Institute of Music with with real connections to the industry, you know, and there are people saying, and it's it's not just me. Like, you know, I, I think I think I can get there, but I think the the reason I'm going to get there is just because of tenacity. Um, but you know, there are people saying this this guy can write. We should be helping him to you know to get to the sony's and get to the publishers so so he can start writing for, for other people and these are these are my teachers and these are these are people that have sold you know a couple of million records in australia and stuff so so i'm finally and then there's no guarantees i know that but i'm finally in the position now where I'm, because of going to the Australian Institute of Music, because of people seeing that you know I'm there and I'm serious and I turn up and I do my job and all that stuff, that that I mean, one of my teachers said to me the other day, he's had multiple gold albums in Australia. He said, "I would recommend you for anything." He said, "You're here on time. You do your job. You want to be here. You, you you've got talent. You know." I want to help you in any way I possibly can. I mean, this is – and finally, it's getting to a point where if I just keep going, mm-hmm. at least I'll have a shot. Yeah, know? absolutely. And, you, and you're taking the right moves. And, you know, you mentioned it briefly a little bit earlier, but, you know, I, I personally can't say enough about the involvement in charity because just by doing that – 
it it kind of shows at least to my to my eyes it shows a humility of not being full of yourself like so many people that think because they can play a guitar or something don't have you know there there's so many that just are like well you owe me now that i'm making music and and it's cool that that you it's it's cool that you continue and have for a long time you know worked with charities and and specifically give back with everything that you're getting to charity yeah and i get the thing is i give back first like i give back before i make money Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know because because again because i believe in it you know and i was raised on bands and artists that were always the real deal you know whether you liked them or you hated them they were always the real deal and that's i mean i'm not even comparing myself to the great artists that i love but that's what I I want to be genuine. Sure. You know, I don't want to I just want to be genuine. No no question, man. Well, there's no question that you're genuine on the new release. It is called No Apologies. It's available everywhere. If even if you don't buy it, you should listen to it. Oh, I don't know, about a hundred times on like YouTube or something, so Tim can make a, a quarter and give ten ten cents of that to the charities. Uh Tim, um Give people uh, the information where they can keep up with you and find out what you're doing and, and all that good stuff. The, the best places are um, tjjames.com.au and my Facebook, which is just TJ James Music. I am on other social media, but it's not, it's not um, as kept up to date as, as those are, especially tjjames.com.au. There's a... There's a ton of people want to know about my history. There's a ton of stuff there. There's there's um, interviews. There's um, from national television shows. There's video. There's audio. There's everything. Press everything. Very cool. Well, uh, well, Tim, you know that you know the drill, man. We always let the artists pick a closing track from their new release. Tell us a quick story about it. So, what would you like us to wrap this one up with? Um, you know what. Um, I, I think maybe track five, which is all I need. All right. And that song is, is really all about, uh, the journey since, since I, you know, realized the industry was changing and uh, I mean, there's a line in the, in the first verse that says, been away for a while, reinventing my style of how my music's made, you know, um, and that's really, that's really where I've been for the last uh, little while, last couple of years is, is working out how I'm going to keep releasing music and survive within the industry. So all I need and the, and the chorus is pretty poppy and pretty cool. All right. Well, let's check it out right now. It is all I need. It is TJ James right here on your classic metal show. 